All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Can You Teach Me That? My name is Martin Clausen. And I'm Neil Drought. And oh, to, oh, I'm Helen Pritchard. Was I supposed to say anything there? You know what, Helen, I love that you're, <laughs> you're ready for it, but today, today we have the pleasure of having Helen Pritchard with us, uh, who's a freelance producer and director with 15 years of experience uh, across a lot of different entertainment platforms, from what I can understand, and a, a very varied uh, background within video production and currently runs her own company called Orchard Digital, where um, you'll be able to reach out to, to hear more about Helen's services. But uh, yeah, Helen, since you started, I'm going to throw it over to you. Uh, give us just very, very brief, if you, do you agree with what I said there? Or do you feel like we should have anything on I'm it? I'm quite impressed, Martin, of how much information you found out on me. No, that's true. No, no, it's all, it's all a nice summary, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's cool. great. So before we dive in deeper with it, I want to ask you a kind of an icebreaker question to figure out a little bit about yourself and to figure out why you do uh, answer the way you do to certain questions. And since we have somebody here who's doing video production, I want to ask you that uh, if you could live in any movie, TV show or book, which would, we, which would it be? Oh, any movie or oh, TV show or book. And I just got to pick the one. Um, or However you feel like there's no not too many rules to it. So however oh you want. man, uh, do you know what? I think one of the most interesting ones would be uh, the Walking Dead <laughs> TV show. Okay. Um, absolutely love my my horror. I think it'd just be really interesting. I'd I'd want to be obviously a survivor. You know, I wouldn't want to be. <laughs> I was thinking about your stuff. I want to be a walker exactly. <laughs> Um, no, I think I think that would be um, a great way to just to show my my strengths, my kind of my my thinking of how to survive, and um, getting a little bit creative. And and I think that would be a, a nice, interesting, yeah, world perhaps. But um, obviously, an awful world. But yeah, if you're just to throw out there, then I'd say yeah, The Walking Dead. <laughs> okay, I've got to follow up on that one. I know what he's going to ask. I'm going to ask what kind of role would you fit in there? Because you've got to go on your yeah. skills, but would you be the leader, the sidekick of the leader? Do you know what? I, it's strange because like, as much as I probably want to be the leader, I've always had roles, mainly in my life, where I've always been a very good kind of like, you know, sidekicky type person. <laughs> but um, you see, I, I, I respect characters like Michonne, for example, where she um, she really started off on her own she got her own she had that, that backstory of where it started off quite rough for her and she was learning how to survive and then just like her development throughout the show she, the characters then start become much much stronger and then I don't know if you guys have watched it but um at the moment yeah. you know she's in a position where she is definitely like one of the leaders and um I, you know I fully respect that I'd love to be perhaps someone like her because she has such great skill as well <laughs> with that um so yeah I mean I I probably would want to take on a role a little bit like that um yeah why why not let's just say I would I, I'd, I'd quite like to yeah I thought I, I knew Neil's question so I'm gonna follow up to his follow-up here <laughs> uh what's your preferred weapon then oh right uh, no, I'm not sure now. I quite like the arrow crossbow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think that would be a, a good weapon. I'm not so like guns. Yeah, that, that could be okay. But I think having something which I could then target and then shoot like that would be that'd be pretty cool. 
Um, you can see Carol's quite good with that, uh, I think. She's, uh, have you seen her with her long, long hair? She's... <laughs> and, <laughs> and You're a super fan, I love it. Yeah, uh, so I, I, quite like, I quite like that weapon of choice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. So we learned a lot about you, definitely, like going into that world when you, you got everything at your disposal. That's interesting. So I know that you come from the world of video production, as we already said in the introduction. So it makes sense that you're, you're, you're that detail about <laughs> it. So before we then dive into that too much, still, can you give us some ideas about like, what do you like to do as hobbies and outside of, of your actual work? Well, actually, strangely that I talk about the, you know, all these horror shows and stuff. I am pretty much into things like horror, Halloween, that kind of stuff. My love and passion is actually um, going out and visiting a lot of historical places. So there's nothing better for me than going out and discovering um, a castle ruin, an old house. So I quite often travel with my family around the UK, like just searching lots of National Trust properties, doing lots of dog walking as well. Just finding areas where not many people have discovered and just reliving some of the history um, from you know hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So that's definitely one of my passions. Um, so I like doing that, keeping fit with the dog so I go out lots lots of walks I'm not a good runner don't you know don't I don't get that far but <laughs> um walking is is definitely a um a hobby of an interest of mine and then of course I absolutely love um traveling and um traveling around the world we've been very lucky both me and my husband to to have traveled quite a few places just meeting different people um eating different foods as well. Oh, don't get me a silent food. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love just different cuisines and different ways of cooking, different ways of thinking. Um, and uh, yeah, as I say, just, just different ways people live as well. Um, I'm actually, uh, not a lot of people know this, but I'm actually a quarter Chinese and my fa some of my family come from uh, Singapore uh, area. So uh, it's quite nice sometimes to, I really want to go back there and sort of revisit those areas and, and see um, and maybe reconnect with some of my family out there and just, uh, yeah, just way they live and the way, yeah, what they do okay. out there. Breaking news here. I love that. So, <laughs> did you, so have you, when you say reconnect with them, it means that you were... Oh, I haven't, uh, to be honest, they're quite the sort of family that I, I know about and I've visited them when I was younger um, and my mum's my still in contact with a few members out there so it'd just be nice to for them maybe to see me now and then go back out there and um, yeah just just reconnect because we don't really keep in touch that that often maybe just one once or twice a year mainly around Christmas you know the kind of traditional ways you send the mm -hmm. Christmas card but um, yeah, it'd just be great to go out there. And last time we were there, they were very, you know, sort of very giving people. They they couldn't do enough for you. So it's always mm. good. Yeah. Awesome. So before you started what you do now, as far as running the company and, and, and kind of being in the yeah. freelance sphere, what was your, your background? Like, what did it look like before you went into this career? Oh, gosh, how much time have you got? <laughs> A lot, as much as you um, Well, okay, so without... Um, when I, I started this whole media career when I was um, 16, um, I'm 35 now. So it's been a big, massive part of my life. Um, I actually started off in uh, radio. I did a lot for, um, it was actually a BBC Football Premiership Radio. I was an editor for it, audio editor, not, you know, like a, okay. 
I read. So my job was to um, take audio footage, repackage it, send it out on live shows. So you can imagine like, <laughs> it was cool for me at the time because I started off before that as a runner for post-production houses. And one, one of the guys came up to me, he, he ran the post-production house and he said, you know, what do you do in your spare time? And I said, well, I'm a bit of a geek, if I'm honest. <laughs> I don't get out much, but I use a lot of um, editing software and I learn and I, t I self-teach, you know, I just, I just learn all the stuff in my, in my room. And he said, well, do you know uh, Adobe Audition? I said, I do. And he says, great, you know, when can you start trying to <laughs> edit this BBC, you know, <laughs> uh, premiership? So I said, well, I can, yeah, start straight away. He he paid me a good wage each week. It was it was brilliant for for a young uh, person to do that. And then from from there, um, I went and did. So whilst I was doing that, I was I was um, I was twenty. I think I was twenty one when I did that. So so before that, I was working things like hospital radio, that kind of thing. It's just like Saturday night jobs, but that was good. I did a degree at Farnborough Tech. Uh, from college technology that was in media production and from that I was very lucky to have met um, some of my teachers were connected with tv shows and various uh, productions so I managed to get on to some free gigs just doing a bit of running or production assistant work um, and then when I left there I landed my first job as a, um, a camera operator for live TV, which <laughs> which was the Great Big British Quiz, oh, nice. and um, that was a quiz show that went out every night um, on one of the Sky channels. And I learned my skill of cameras, audio, uh, or you name it. I was pretty much doing everything. Oh, and then I went on to shopping telly as well. So I <laughs> spent my time on shopping TV, um, not in front of the camera. Thankfully, um, it was just, you know, sometimes you might have seen a hand like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like advertising a ring or something, but th that was my hand. Um, and then back in 2000, I think it was 2006. So sometimes I get my dates mixed up, but I was very lucky to land a job as a producer on a show called Avenue 11. And Avenue 11 was a music show. It was a music channel online. And at the time when I first started on it, there was hardly any um, interest really in the show. Not many people knew about it. But the more we kind of phoned PR companies up to say, can we get an interview with your band or singer? It started to roll the ball. It really, really did. And in the end, by the end of it, um, we were interviewing people like really well-known big massive artists EMI were ringing us up Universal can you just come down and interview so-and-so we need we need an interview quickly so I spent about two years on the road <laughs> in the back of a taxi usually with my camera with um with another producer and we used to go off and we used to interview lots and lots of different um you know stars name drop, name drop. um <laughs> well Weirdly, I spent, uh, I did an interview uh, with Craig David in the, oh, <laughs> in the bathroom. Well, yeah. Craig, yeah, he was cool. I've done, um, we used to do like movie stars as well. Like, um, I remember, there's a funny story with Jude Law, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's appropriate for this show. Okay. Um, but we were doing, um, I was working on a show um, 
uh, called, um, well, it was, a, it was a top model show anyway, and it was in London, and it was at the Savoy Hotel, and I decided I needed, I really needed the loo, so I just went to the back of the hotel, and, and all of a sudden, I heard paparazzi outside, and um, lights flashing through, and I, I had a little net curtain on the, <laughs> in this little cubicle, and I, I just went like this, and I pulled it back, right in front of me, just outside was Jude Law, stood there like this, <laughs> with the paparazzi. There's me behind, <laughs> probably <laughs> all these photos. But um, no, eventually I did actually get to meet him. But um, yeah, who, who else I've met? Oh, do you know what, Chesney? Chesney Hawks, who wouldn't want to meet Chesney Hawks? <laughs> um, I've met Des uh, people from Destiny's Child. That was a big, massive deal for me at the time. Cause nice. Destiny's Child was, was, was yeah. Kelly Rowland. I spent an hour of Kelly and it was fantastic. Um, I was on the Neighbours documentary with uh, Dr. Carl Kennedy, Alan Fletcher. <laughs> he invited us down to do an interview and I actually ended up in the Channel 5 documentary. Still got that videotape. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so a lot of my, I could go on and on, but. I can say, yeah, I love it. it. It's. I've got so many fun, interesting memories from what I did with so many different celebrities. Um, and all through that sort of stage in my life, I was, as I say, I had the Avenue 11 show that I was working on. I was also then after that and before that, I was working on different music shows. Um, and then my career took a bit of a weird turn because actually the, the TV show station shut down. We all got made redundant, unfortunately. Okay. Um, and I kind of then went into web a little bit more and I worked for some big telecoms companies. Um, I did my, <laughs> did my time doing a lot of um, content editing for them. So this is probably more the sensible period of my life. And then <laughs> I, I went on to um, uh, do a little bit of content management and then eventually, eventually in 2012, I decided that with all my camera skill, editing skill, my production kind of brain, why don't I just do this for myself? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Wow. Okay. It's so interesting first and foremost. Like, I'm, the first thing I want to just quickly, and I don't need you to go in depth with this, it seems like you always kind of knew what you wanted to do. Am I right in that assumption? Like at a young age, you seem yeah. to... The, yes, the... I think actually my mum said from the age of about um, about 10, I was, she can remember me making up a movie trailers on PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. so, but that was always my love was actually to produce content, to produce something that was exciting that I created. And I think um, through my years of doing kind of my more normal work, um, I always dreamt more of going back into um, video production because that was, you know, that was just the, the best way for me to, to get myself out there. But that was my passion. And mm -hmm. as you can probably hear, I'm really, really passionate about meeting people, production and, and video and helping people. That's, that's what I do now is help businesses and therefore help people. Yeah. Yeah. So would, with that, would you still at some point want to go to try and be a producer of TV or film or? Well, I do occasionally, I do a, a little bit of, I'm quite lucky because I get to, I'm freelanced out to do some producing and directing for certain TV channels um, that still hire me out to, to do segments which are over in London. So I still kind of got my um, kick from doing that kind of thing still. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I'm ha I'm happy with now on the whole producing content for um, small businesses, small to medium sized businesses, and and working within the corporate sector as well. Um, I, 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 who, who knows? Maybe in a few years' time, I might just go back into TV um, and do a bit more TV work. But the, the the options there at the moment, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I saw you got have uh, sorry you have quite a lot of um differences and lots of people you go on from was it uh reiki reiki healing on horses to <laughs> oh um, yeah how did you find that yeah that was ages ago yeah yeah um, um to yeah. companies in new york so all over the place with it yeah um it's just actually just the people i come across at networking um people that come across in networking are from all different walks of life and I've just been very fortunate, I think, just to have um, a great variety of um, a great variety of, you know, different kinds of industries that I've worked with. Um, at the moment, I'm working a lot with actually randomly the roofing industry. So, you know, I get to go up some really tall buildings and then equally I'm doing things with like animals and, you know, dogs and cats and Reiki healing and, and all sorts of things. So, yeah, it's I've just been I think fortunate in in getting to know a wide variety of people so yeah so uh, you've alluded to it a little bit so most of your lead generation is something we kind of like always finding out about how people get clients so is it purely through networking or how, how do people actually find you this day and age well actually most of my work comes from referrals of so word of mouth um, and I might have gone to a networking session where I've met someone and sometimes they directly come up and say I would like a video could you help me with this um, and other times I don't get anyone in that group but weirdly they refer me out to their friends and their colleagues um, so I'd say yeah nine times out of ten it tends to be um, people that will just know me from the networking groups that I go to. So networking is very, very key, I think, with, well, especially with what I do, with finding work. But I have had people go through, um, directly through the website as well. In fact, I was working with one guy a few months ago who rang me up and he said, could you reenact um, the song, My Girl, for <laughs> my daughter's wedding? He wanted to reenact the whole song, sing it himself, <laughs> and reenact it with his mates and he wanted this as part of his daughter's wedding so it's a personal video and I said yeah. you know what I I've never done this before um you know for <laughs> for a private customer but sure why not and he um we recorded the song and the next day we went and recorded him with his like we made a little mini music video and yeah he played that out at his daughter's wedding a month later and it was um so that was that was an odd request, but no, I mean most of the time it is just word of mouth. Nice. <laughs> so I know so for, because I edit myself and I, I love like I run around with my little uh, MS50 camera uh, and I always I know that I have the pleasure of having YouTube to to be like the the, the ones who really teach me and show and tell. So. I can imagine, but correct me if I'm wrong, that you did not have that at your disposal when you started out, when you said you do trial and error of learning and you're self-taught. So can you, like, how was that in the beginning? Like, how many hours did you actually put in learning these school tools? And I looked on your website, I see you're pretty avid with many different ones. Like, what's that process like? Or what did it look like back then? Oh, well, all those years ago, gosh. Um, well, programs at the time I suppose um, I was getting the student version of programs and just you know and my, my 
my friends would like you know give me a copy and stuff and I just just learned how to um yeah just I I think a lot of the self-teaching element just came from trial and error of what I could do. I've always been very fortunate at picking up technology very, very quickly. You could give me a program and I could learn it probably within a few days to know how each thing works. And it was, I suppose it's the same concept back then that, you know, I had this program in front of me. I was just trial and error and learning what I could do and filming lots of different content. Um, and I did a lot of practicing of different like types of content. Um, I was filming a lot of comedies as well with me and my family. To, nice. <laughs> yeah, I started a channel called Random TV, um, which was actually all kind of parodies of <laughs> different TV shows. And I used my mum and dad and my sister quite a lot to, to do all this. And I used to get rush it back to the edit, put a bit of music on, uh, play out to my fan. My mum still got the copy of this tape. And I said, put it on YouTube, it'd be fantastic. But she says, no way, I'm not, not showing myself. <laughs> <laughs> It'll find its way eventually so, down there. Um, yeah, so technology was... I suppose back when I started incredibly different to how it is now mm -hmm. I think it's much easier now to mm -hmm. learn these these programs um but yeah it's it's the same concept you just try and and if you've got this knack for things as well and the passion to learn it just all comes a bit a little, little bit naturally yeah and do you still teach yourself today like do you still learn would you go on YouTube now to find out things or what's your process then nowadays um, so I have to admit, sometimes I have to go on YouTube to, to know a few things. There was one example I did for a company two years ago, and it was how do I create rain from scratch within Adobe Premiere? Yeah. Because actually it's not really like a thing you come across a great deal. How do you create rain? But I was doing a little animation. And I wanted to make it rain in the animation. And actually it was a process of creating a lot of static, yeah. um, double layering it, and then having some movement to it and the whole process is quite tricky but i wouldn't have known necessarily how to do it without the use of uh, going onto youtube and finding out and quite often it's like you go onto youtube try and type something in and there's this um, young person sat there going yeah yeah this is how you do it blah, blah. you know now I, I have to take it step by step but no things like that i still admittedly i have to look up but once i've learned it i can then pass my knowledge on to someone else but most of the stuff, I would say, I know. Um, and things do update all the time as well. Like mm -hmm. there's new, new, as you know, there's always new, new things, programs. Yeah. Okay. I, th I think that's also great for your customers that if they want something, you'll just go out and find out how you do it, however you've got to find out. Yeah, I think, I, I think the, the thing with my customers was I, I never really wanted to say, no, this isn't possible. Like, I, obviously, I have to be realistic. But if my customers say, could we try this or could we try that? I always go, yeah, do you know what? I'll try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does pull off, then we've created something amazing, you know? So um, I'm always willing to go with new ideas, try new things. I think that's what keeps my life interesting with video production because I kind of don't really have like, um, I suppose I have a style of the way I work because I work heavily with music tracks and, and stuff in my videos, but um, I always like to do something different. So for example, some of the videos you might, might have seen of mine are very, very quick, short edits. Um, in fact, I've done an edit recently where it's like frame by frame by frame by frame. 
and it worked really, really well. But then other things are a little bit slower or a bit more cinematic. And it just, I go with trying new techniques and ideas because that's the way we progress and learn in business. So, yes, first and foremost, I agree. And I love that approach to it. That's, that makes me feel good with the way I approach it to hear like a savvy <laughs> veteran like yourself is actually doing it. So I want to go back a little bit in time to then to when you started Orchard Digital. What was kind of like, was there a turning point where you were like, okay, I know you alluded to it earlier, but was there like a specific thing where you really felt like, okay, I can actually do this on my own? And then as the second part to that question, did you have clients lined up before you started it? Okay. Um, so when I first started it, I'll be honest, I was quite, there was a little bit of kind of anxiety in the fact that I didn't have suddenly this whole team around me because in other jobs of course you have teams around you you have people to do certain parts for you and and when I started it I was very I felt quite kind of like out there on a limb a little bit because even though I had all this knowledge it when you start a business it almost feels in a way you're starting from square one um so um yeah I I think the confidence issue, to be fair, it grew over time over the course of the next two years after I started. Um, it's not that I didn't have it in me. It's just that I was always a little bit kind of, you know, where is all this support around me? But, you know, the reality was I did have support. I had support from friends, family. Um, my accountants were very good. Um, she helped me get into the networking. Then I met people at networking who helped me with certain things. So you kind of then grow this network. And then in the end, you feel much, much stronger, much more supported. And then, sorry, the second part of your question was, did I have any leads initially to for work? The answer to that was, no, not really, <laughs> not really. <laughs> it was literally just me. Um, I didn't know what I was, was gonna do first. I think the first thing I thought about um, was, well, I better get a camera, you know, if I'm gonna do this, <laughs> <laughs> this video <laughs> company. So actually I was, I was, I was in a fortunate position um, to have a little pot of money where I, I spent some money on a, and it wasn't a great deal of equipment, but I, you know, I got the kind of the basics in. And um, I thought, well, you know, how am I gonna start finding customers? But fortunately for me, my accountant at the time, she was very, very good at networking and she took me to networking sessions and then the more I started talking with people the more it kind of naturally fell in and I actually landed my first um what kind of big job to me at the time was with uh, Young Enterprise which was a, a charity uh, for, for helping young people learn mm -hmm. and I got a job working for them actually so yeah that was good fun. So um yeah you talked about having your accountant a couple of times there um when, when you started your business, did you go, you know what, I need to have this to begin with? Or did you start off just on your own and go figure out? Or? Well, I, there was, um, at the time when I was doing this, there was a free advice centre around the corner from me, um, which gave business support of what to do. So I, I went along to this guy sat in this, <laughs> this kind of cupboard space and I, I gave him my business plan and he looked at it and he said, well, yeah, this is great, and, but this is what you need to be doing. You need to just go and find yourself, you know, your accountant, you get a bit of insurance, you need to go and do this, this, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of had a little bit of an idea, I suppose, of what I needed to do. Um, but from meeting new people, that's how I kind of then 
need to buy, buy into the right products, the right services for my business. And I'll be honest, like sometimes you buy into something at the beginning and you think it's the most wonderful thing and it turns out to be totally wrong for your business or totally wrong for you. Um, and uh, it's just a case of it's a bit of like trial and error. You know, you go with something, if it doesn't work, you change it. And that's what I've been doing over the last few years to the point of where now I'm quite happy with, you know, the people around me that I trust, um, the, the colleagues, I call them colleagues, they're networking colleagues in a way, but the, the people that come to me for video or they refer out. So yeah, it all kind of falls into place eventually, but it did take me a good year, I suppose, um, to really get up to the point of where I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's really good that you got that advice to start with, actually, because um, I, I used to work as an accountant and the amount of companies that would kind of start up and just start trading without any sort of plans of anything apart from what they're actually good at. <laughs> and yeah, they'd get sort of six, seven months into it and then just like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't know. And yeah, yeah. it'd be a complete shambles and mess they've got to get oh yeah sorted um of so course. yes so yeah. very good that you managed to get that advice straight off yeah and I think I've always been a type of person who likes to have at least some sort of plan in my mind of what what I'm going to be doing so if you think about it you know when I started this business I gave up a, I gave up a very good well-paid job and I was essentially going yeah bye-bye I'm, I'm off I'm doing it on my own I don't know what I'm going to be earning, <laughs> you know, but part of me didn't really care at the time because I was a bit like, you know what, this is fun. This is an adventure. The money will happen hopefully eventually. And then um, we can, I can, you know, we can make a, a business out of this. I say we, because a lot of the time it's, it's me and my husband as well, but yeah, it, it's, um, it's always good to, I think, plan where you're going, just, but not have too much of a plan. You know, you have room for flexibility as well. Okay. Did you have a website when you started out? Yes, a very bad one, Martin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, got got slated a few times on the internet for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I built it um, in something called Adobe Muse. Do yeah, you... I remember Muse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't think it's around anymore. It's not. No. Yeah. Okay. So that's how that's how bad it was. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, it was it was a basic website. I didn't really have much of an idea as much as I wanted to be a bit of a web designer um the reality was I never really great at web designing I've always been good at building people's designs and content editing mm -hmm. um but uh, no eventually I kind of left it to my very you know very good colleague uh you know and uh, he he got on built a website and uh yeah to this day i suppose i'm naughty though i don't update my website as much as i should and i should i should be putting more time into it because i realize obviously the more you put into your website the more you'll get out of it in terms of the seo so uh, i need to be more um yeah that's one of my downfalls not making enough time really for myself for my website I suppose that depends on if you've got incoming leads anyway. It's like you, 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 you in, unfortunately in your business, right? You have to trade your hours for, for, for the, the work that you can only do. So it's, it's I, I imagine it sounds like you're like, how often are you booked? Is it like one offs? Is it a full week or is that also just as well, it comes? Yeah, it's, it's quite varied. I mean, um, I'm working currently working at the moment on about 
10 or 11 projects at once this is like my max I can cope yeah. with all at one time but some of them might be like literally a day others um I'm working on a project at the moment which is probably going to take me over the course of a week um so you know there's there's varied amounts to it and I suppose when I'm doing like for example an event film um obviously we go out for the evening to shoot something but then it will take me maybe another two days to really finalize the edit and making it perfect the way I want. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of variation to it. And and I'm glad about that because without variation, it'd be mm. you know, quite boring, but um, yeah, it makes it sometimes a little bit difficult in, cause I'd always try and make sure I'm busy with, with it. Cause that's how work will generate or generate more work. And uh yeah, it's trying to also fit in time for a lot of meetings because a lot of my time now is, is meeting with people and that it can easily take half a day. Yeah, that's yeah. probably where the website would be good for you to automate some of the stuff with meetings and, and figuring out. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious about your equipment now. Do you rent stuff as you go? Or do you have like a massive amount of cameras and stuff ready on the go in the house? I don't, I don't keep a huge amount. Of, well, I, I, you know, it's all, um, yeah, I, I have equipment here. Um, but uh, it's all kind of like my more basic stuff. I have a couple of cameras, a couple of good DSLRs I use as well and, and various things. Um, but yeah, some of the jobs that I do, I rent cameras out because cameras are always changing. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. When I was shooting back in 2008, it was all about the, the Z7s, the Sony Z7s. Yeah. You know them? Or the Z1s, actually. And we were on the red carpet. Oh, have you got your Z1? Yeah, so cool. No, you look at the tape. There's a great big tape <laughs> inside the camera. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so then, obviously, technology changes and updates very quickly. Now we're all shooting on, on cards. Um, and we're shooting with tiny little cameras. I've got a couple of little GoPros as well and things mm -hmm. like that. But, um, yeah, depending on the job. I mean, also remember that some companies don't always require high quality, like the biggest high quality camera in the world. As long as it's good quality, shoots in high definition, which my cameras can do, that's all they're worried about. Yeah. If I go and work for a corporate company, sometimes they, they say, well, we must shoot on a FS7, which is a great big camera. You know, you need yeah. uh, big lenses or C300 um but so uh, yeah it just all depends on, on the requirement i think cool like i i just this would be my last geeky question and then we'll go back to it because i want to make sure that this is to an audience that might only be venturing in do you have a red no but i'd like one <laughs> okay. neil do you know what a red is no one of you is going to have to explain it it's go just on. yeah okay. It's a very high-end, very expensive camera. Probably most like Hollywood movies are shot with those. So you've definitely seen the result of it many times. Um, I want to ask you this, and I'm quite curious about it. In, in, in thinking of that we are talking to somebody who might be venturing in and, and wanting to do what you're doing, can you provide of like three things that you would advise them to do if you were to start out today? Like how would you go about it? Well, just for any kind of industrial specific. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Yes, I understand that. Like in the sense of if you want to go uh, independent in the movie production, I say like a lot of it is probably social media and that seems to be more the case. But if you were to start today yourself, uh, having the knowledge that you have now, how would you go about starting the business if you were to go it on and do it on your own? Uh, oh gosh, I think, I, you know, I I'd, I'd definitely make sure I was, I had a good digital media presence. I, I think it's very important to make sure that I had the, the good website to start with. And um, 
yeah at the beginning you see my presentation style wasn't wasn't great you know I wasn't a great speaker I didn't really dress properly or I didn't have this great website and I suppose it was all a bit of a downfall for me because people thought I was just this student <laughs> that just busted out of college and they didn't really trust me you know so and that was a bit of a shame I think if I was to do it again today I'd make sure that I was far more confident in the way I presented myself um had some sort of idea of what I wanted to do and also just like the idea I suppose I learned very quickly that it wasn't so much of going into a networking session and just completely sell 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 which I thought was what I was supposed to be doing no one told me otherwise now it's really about building the relationship finding out what people want helping other people do you know what I mean giving something back because eventually it will come back to you eventually and I think if I was to tell my younger self that um, it would have helped more in the beginning. And I, um, and the third thing, uh, oh, I don't really know. Like, be very, I suppose I was very trusting of lots and lots of different people back in the day as well. I was very, very naive. I kind of believed anything that anyone <laughs> said to me. And um, a few occasions that actually it proved that was the wrong thing to do because actually I used to get people phoning me up saying oh you know what it'd be great if we could collaborate and we're gonna have like a two-hour conversation about video and you're gonna tell me everything so I used to sit there and have this whole conversation of how, how I did it and what everything else I gave them all this advice a month later they were doing exactly the same thing and I thought wow they've just stolen my idea you know so be very very wary of you know trust people yes but just you know go slow and build up the relationship first and i i think that would be my my other piece of advice so i'll be a little bit devil's advocate with you and throw it back to you in the sense of do you think as far as like do you think you need that digital persona or do you think you can come with like the home movies that you said you made and if can you do it off of your phone would you say that's enough today to actually have the cameras in there to kind of just venture out and start with it yeah, I mean, if you're starting and you don't have a lot of, because um, a lot of people when they start, they don't have a lot of surplus money to just yeah. play around with. So yeah, you can start with just doing stuff on your phone. In fact, some of the best stuff I ever made was just on my little VHS camera recorder, like that and a little computer and that was it. You know, I didn't really need much. Um, I think what you need to do is always show your passion and your enthusiasm for your business. And as long as you can get that across, I mean, the rest is all kind of shiny and, you know, having that presence, I suppose, for those bigger companies that might want it. But the reality is when it comes down to it, people buy into people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my jobs have come off the fact that people like what my personality, what I can offer, and my love for my job and therefore that will hopefully rub off on them and it's just you know and then I kind of build a relationship I had one guy at the very beginning said you don't have to like a person that you work with and I turned around to him and I said yeah you do actually I think it's important to like the people that you work with and and the jobs and the clients you take on um I quickly decided he wouldn't become my client <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah but, it, but you see that's where communication breakdown can happen and then and if that happens you don't get the best out of someone so yeah so now I make sure that I get the if I'm if someone's wanting to work with me I always make sure it's you know the right type of person 
yeah no, I, I agree completely with that i will only work with people i like yeah i just don't have the time yeah. <laughs> to deal with people i don't want to be around <laughs> exactly exactly now yeah it's just you have to have that connection with someone to to really make it work um otherwise yeah i don't don't see the point it, it's it's so in line with what we've, we've heard from everybody like we i'll be honest like a lot of us always have that fantasy about hiding behind the monitor right and if you can set up some sort of persona and the jobs are just going to come rolling in from your great little role that you put up on youtube and whatever it is you do or social media so it's great to hear like the the message, the recurring theme we're hearing from everybody we've talked to so far is that relationship building. Like, and also you and you, you ventured out where you might have been a little bit uncomfortable with, but you've grown comfortable with it. It's definitely what I can sense from it as well. And like, can you, can you give some insights into how long did that take for somebody who might be equally a bit nervous about and timid about doing it? Like, how long was the, the transitioning from you to go like, this is scary to now I can do this, if you remember? Um. It's taken a few years, I'll be honest, but then okay. I was someone that was naturally, I've always been naturally quite shy. So I've never really liked going into a big room of people. I find it, I used to find it really uncomfortable, really awkward. Walk into a big room, there's about 30 people, um, all chatting away. I didn't really know how to approach anyone. Like I used to like stand at a bar like this and just wait for someone to come over. <laughs> Quite often people did. They probably just felt sorry for me, but that's, that was kind of my approach. And I remember one networking session I went to, I went along and everyone's drinking everything like that. And I thought, oh God, everyone's having such a great time. I felt so nervous. I went to the toilets and I got myself locked in there for about half an hour. <laughs> so, nice. and then when I eventually got out, I thought, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm, I was just so panicked. And anyway, I decided instead of networking, I'd just go straight home. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just like, what am I doing? You know, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be going out there and getting myself out there. So I've had some really bad stories of, of um, yeah, just, just like total failures in my work. You know, mm. I just, I don't, like to talk about those things overly but i think it's important to know that there's lots of people out there that are very very nervous to start with but now transition like to how i am today mm -hmm. i can go into a room very confidently with a lot of people um go up to a group of people go hey how are you doing i'm helen can i get to to know you better you know like what do you do what's your business you know what are your likes and dislikes just things like that. And quite often I end up having conversations with people about something totally random that isn't business related. And those are the best conversations because then that eventually leads to knowing someone a little bit more mm. to see what they're like and therefore the business will follow off the back of that. Great, great advice. Uh, I still hate going into rooms of lots of people. Um, <laughs> always find it difficult actually start the conversations with them um but actually I'll, i kind of want to go back to something you said a bit earlier you said that you, you're the kind of person that always has to have know where you're going have some goals in mm. place so what are your goals at the moment well i want to grow the business more i want to i would like it to become a little bit like i've got a lot of people that i work with and a lot of people that work for me each month but i'd like to be in a position perhaps where i take a, a tiny bit more of a step back and let other people get on with it but i think um yeah maybe this is a plan for five to ten years time at the moment i'm quite 
hands-on with doing absolutely everything myself um, more, most of the time. I do have lots of people I also work with. Um, some of my other business girls would, um, yeah, just to have like, I suppose a little production team, just like a permanent one almost. Like I could just walk into the office one day and say, hey, what are you doing? You know, like what we, you know, tell me what you're working on today and I'd like to see the progression of the projects um, <laughs> rather than me running around 11 projects at once, like on my computer the whole time. So there, that would be a, maybe a little luxury in the end, but I still believe that at the moment I'm in a, a good position where I'm working very, very hard day and night. I mean, I can be working up to two o'clock in the morning sometimes on an edit, um, but yeah, maybe in the future I can have a little team. That, that would probably be my goal. Do you have a script that you approach people with? So when, in, in the sense of, let's say you, I'm a client of yours now, we've already done the introduction and we've networked it then and I go like, I, I'm going to buy your services. Do you have like a, a go-to script that you would ask of questions before anything initiates or is it kind of feeling out the, the, the client? Well, you know, when I go along to a, I usually have a meeting with the client to start with, whether that's on the phone or face to face. Most of the time it's face to face. Some of my clients have actually never met, weirdly, because um, okay. <laughs> I've actually done animation for them and they've never met me and they're happy. But yeah, I, I have a kind of a rough idea, a set of questions I need sort of to, to have answered because I need to know their video brief. What style do they want it in? What's the type of you know, who, who's their audience? Who do they want to target? What's the message they want to say? So that's all kind of like the same sort of similar questions, I suppose I ask everyone. And um, yeah, it's just about having a good conversation and finding out as much as I can about that business before I start making content. Because without that idea of a little bit of research into someone else's business, how are you ever supposed to make a good video? Awesome. Uh, you kind of touched on it earlier. I'll say it again now. Do, or do you have three mistakes that you see people trying to move into to video production that you commonly see happening that you would advise them on maybe not doing? So if they're a video producer, it just yeah, somebody again trying to, to do what you're doing. What's something yeah. you're to avoid? Um, probably trying to. I see so many mistakes with some video producers where they've taken a video of people, someone like a, a business owner, and the video has turned out to be as bland as anything. The video owner is evidently shaking there in front of the camera and looking awful. And they've, they've gone and published that. <laughs> and I'm thinking as a video producer, you have a real sense of responsibility um, to make sure that, you know, businesses look as good as they possibly can. So my advice out there is if you're a video producer, sorry, that's my dog in the background growling. <laughs> if you can hear weird noises, it's not my stomach, it's my dog in the background. Um, I, might have to, I might have to get her something in a bit. She's, she's barking. Um, so yeah, to make sure that you have a sense of responsibility for how your client comes across, because that is so important. Because if you publish something that is the derogatory and just looks a little bit kind of bad for their brand it could it could damage them so yeah that's and did you say i have to give two more pieces of you advice? don't have to it's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> so make sure you're always in a situation where you've got good quality sound and lighting and and um decent think of the basics yeah. video producers because i've seen a lot of bad <laughs> bad stuff out there where they miss 
the very vital things like audio, for example, um, that is so important for good, good, clear quality production. Um, so, so on the audio note, should we pause it just for a minute so you can get your dog something? Settled, um, yeah. I think we'll I just, tell. We'll just cut out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Okay, so we just paused that. Uh, the dog has stopped growling. Um, so yes, we you went through two of the mistakes that a lot of people make. Um, yeah. So a third um, thing. So a third thing uh, oh gosh, I can't really think of a third thing. That's fine. That's great that there's oh no God. more. Yeah, I just think make sure your clients are in the best possible light that's why I kind of coach people a little bit initially on how to be confident in, in front of the camera as well I think that's yeah. very important um, and just making them have a sense of calm and choosing the right people to work with as well maybe that could be my third thing always make sure that you you have a connection with someone uh, in a way and understand the subject matter because I think a lot of video producers probably go into something without researching what the company really does so research 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 so um, what would you do if you did exactly what the owner wanted mm. and created, created the image they wanted for themselves and you know it's bad, would you let it go out? Or... <laughs> oh, okay, that's tricky because sometimes there's a fine line between what your client really, really wants you to do and then yeah. there's the, the whole advice thing. Yeah, I mean, I advise people as much as I can. Um, that you know my advice I've always said from the beginning you know this is what I think because people do ask my opinion quite a lot you know you're the expert you know what do you think and I give the advice if I saw them doing something that I thought was totally inappropriate or wrong I think you know obviously it's my sort of like thought process here I'd have to say something mm -hmm. um, but if they're absolutely adamant <laughs> um, sometimes I've actually stepped away from a project because they wanted to do something so obscure I thought well I don't really want my name to it so you have to be, be a little bit careful because in a way you don't want to ruin your own kind of reputation for doing something so bizarre but no I mean if it's kind of like standard thing then it's not going to matter I suppose I can slightly occasionally let it go on things um but yeah quite often say um, my clients will ask my opinion and sometimes they worry too much it can can go the opposite way sometimes they go oh my god was that totally awful and i'm sat there going it just wasn't it was actually brilliant you know what you said was fantastic so i think people can be too self-conscious to, to be honest we kind of get that on the interview don't we martin that people were like oh no i was rambling or going off on tangents but actually know what they've been saying has been brilliant they're just sitting worrying about what they're saying more so very similar idea on that <laughs> like i i love the idea of coaching somebody before and i know that from my little vlogging and what i've had fun is it's actually make people to understand like i i need you to just be you you're not a paid actor you're not somebody who studied the the craft and like you're a person within a company and that authenticity i would imagine is something that you also like try to to make sure that that comes across for them as well. And you probably work with actors as well, but more often than not with these social media channels, it's like you gotta be who they expect to meet if they actually see you on camera and in real life, that there can't be this weird character that you're playing. Oh yeah, yeah, I think, and that's, that's a good piece of advice, is like, you should always be yourself because that's what I quickly learned. I mean, it's, it ha you have to 
you just have to be true to yourself because if you're not then people won't really get to know the real you and then that's so important for relationship building and you know providing content for someone whatever it is that you need to be yourself entirely yeah do you have a favorite thing about the whole process that you gravitate most? Like, I know editing can be, that can be tedious at times. Is it, is it like the producer role? Is it behind the camera? Which one really turns Oh no, actually on? it's the editing I love. Because <laughs> in an edit, you really see the finished piece of, and actually for me, the edit, because it comes together with the music side, Mm -hmm. um, I love building up that feeling of um, whether it's a, like an emotional piece I'm trying to produce or whether it's supposed to be a, like a fun cut, you know, something like that. So for me, the editing part has always, always been the most exciting part. And I know it's tedious and it takes forever. And, you, and I'm sat there sometimes screaming at my Mac, <laughs> going, oh my God, why aren't you doing this thing? But yeah. I'd say that, um, yeah, that, that the post-production side of it, has always been really, really good fun and probably like the best part for me. Not that I don't love everything else. I love meeting people and interviewing lots of different celebrities and, you know, people, yeah. normal people, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, um, so I, one thing that I learned early on from doing it, I'd love to hear your, your perception on it. Do you shoot to edit? Like that's one thing I think a lot of people aren't aware of, like that you yeah. almost have to have the finished product in your head before you actually turn the cameras on. So for anybody listening to this, I, I want to get that advice and then hear Helen's thoughts on it. Like try to envision what will go up yeah. in your head before you actually ever press record. Yeah, no, that, no, that's a really great point to bring up because that is, I, for me, that's so important now because sometimes I don't have a lot of time to do the shoot. So actually to have the vision in my mind um, initially of, of what, and, and maybe write down a tiny little shot list of what yeah. you want, because um, sometimes you can be in a position where you literally just get half an hour or an hour, whatever it is. And you don't want to be like overshooting, like using up lots of different card space. You know, it's just, it can be inappropriate to do that. So yeah, shoot to edit is the way, it's like, it's how I think is always how I think and and someone asked me uh, like when I did this corporate video for him he says how do you envisage this video and I said well I've already sorted it out in my mind you know and I drew him out a little kind of short storyboard and stuff but yeah as soon as we got to the edit um sorry to the shoot um we only had like that afternoon mm -hmm. and we managed to get all the shots done and I probably used I would say about 90% of the content which is good I see. <laughs> really good because you know, mo most of the time I've been on shoots in the past where you, you waste a lot of the footage. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's a good way to, to think now. And it's it's easier said than done, but that is like storyboard would be my advice as well. Like if you can write out and don't, you're not an artist either, like just write out in stick figures or whatever it is and yeah. have an idea about what the finished product is. You'll do yourself uh, a massive service. Also, if you want to do effects and all of these things as well, have them in mind and understand what's going to like, you're going to be more in the edit room than anything else. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew for loving that. Like I do enjoy, but I, I, yeah, I have to step away from it every now and then if it's too, like what's the longest project you've ever, ever edited? What's well, the longest video I've ever edited? Yeah. Um, I did a two part documentary uh, quite a few years ago on uh, the Pearly Kings and Queens. That took me about a month. <laughs> and so and just for people to understand when you say a month like how many man hours actually editing my god it was like pretty much every single day for a whole month yeah. <laughs> but, but that was 
it was a big project and and i was um i was out and about shooting a lot of different content like i went to one particular event with them in london on a boat we did that a comeback put all my rushes on um did a bit of the edit and then i did another thing the next day or the next week but yeah throughout the whole thing was just changing bits of the edit and um just making sure that and also don't forget with an edit it's not just like the cutting the pictures together you've got to think about what music tracks so the research part what are you going to have voiceover presenter like saying a bit of an intro an outro whatever it is then you might have additional graphics on top of that edit so remember that all those extra graphics titles and things like that take time to render out you know i can be sat here for absolute hours just rendering because that takes a long time I can appreciate the work like for for anybody trying to do this like yeah it's uh get ready for it there's a lot of hours into it yeah uh helen is there anything uh currently is there a question you never get asked that you would love to answer um (laughs) people never ask me have i ever been in front of the camera (laughs) i know you're a hand model like joey from friends yeah i'm a hand model (laughs) (laughs) as well as the hand model thing no i the only time i've ever been in front of the camera was when i got my opportunity on the music show and my presenter never showed up in time and i i took this i took her spot I, i i went and interviewed wet 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 (laughs) <laughs> oh nice oh yeah yeah um well they were reformed and they were doing a little thing still counts um, it still counts it's, and it's actually out there on youtube don't search for it uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's happening <laughs> um, but um yeah no it, it was it was an interesting you know little interview it was only about sort of 20 minutes long i was so but i was so nervous i was like because i didn't know what to do like my presenter wasn't there and i was like well i can't just like have them sat on their own because the format of the show was like someone was supposed to interview them and sit with them so I thought yeah do you know what I'm just going to get in between these guys and just sort of like <laughs> feel relaxed and try and like you know and so we had actually ended up having quite a good laugh about it in the end so nice. yeah yeah all right uh, <laughs> I want to ask you this even though I kind of have but I want to make it just a one-off so if Neil now wants to start doing this job that you're doing, what's the first advice you would probably tell him? Oh, what's the first bit of advice? I'm really sure on, on, on this because it's a, it's a big commitment, you know, visual production. It's, it takes up a lot of your time. Um, you know, just like get your, set out your game plan of what you want to really be doing. Um, have an idea of the kind of uh, message you want to be presenting to people when you go networking um and also remember that when you go networking you always account encounter different types of groups of people so i always have an idea of who's in the room and depending on who's in the room and the kind of level of business that they're at i always have a slightly different tailored message so think about the audience that you're trying to add sort of advertise to to, to communicate to mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's quite a good piece of, of advice, I'd say. And then slightly tailor it to if you're talking with corporate companies, then you talk about you maybe I talk more about my TV life and my kind of corporate directing because it matters to them. But it doesn't matter to some of my clients that are smaller businesses. They just care about, you know, can I film good quality content for a fair price mm-hmm. and get that content out there to make it really work for their business? Mm-hmm. 
So I'm hoping that Martin actually meant that more for the viewers than he's trying to get rid of me. So, <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, the last thing, and I don't. Uh, how do you go about? I don't want you to mention them here, but how did you actually go about pricing? Because I, I know that's such a delicate thing, and it's such a tough one within that industry. Is that in comparison with the competition, or how? What was your approach to it without you, of course, burning out? I think I've just I've just learned over time. Really, I mean, my my prices are kind of I, I do a lot of bes most of my work is bespoke packaging mm -hmm. that which I like to call bespoke packaging because some people just want a simple video and that's that's all they want so it's not going to cost the earth and other people want everything Hollywood and, they, and that's going to cost a lot more but um, yeah the pricing issue I suppose falls partly in line with some of the competition out there but also falls in line with what I've listened to so I've listened to people about kind of what they kind of want their budgets they have the, the kind of money they want to pay um but then making it re like realistic so i say to them well if you've got a set budget then this isn't what i can do for it and i never do you know i'm, I'm fair to myself as well i don't just work <laughs> work and work for free but i'm but i'm very fair with people so yeah it was kind of just listening to a lot of how smaller businesses when they first start hardly have anything so how can I offer them something so valuable like video content for a good price? Um, so I also do, for example, now I split, I can do split payments for okay. a lot of smaller companies, which actually makes it far more affordable for their cash flow because I yeah. thought cash flow is a massive issue. So yeah, it's just really learning over time, over the years of um, the kinds of clients that get attracted to me and, and where my pricing sits. But then I also fall in line with the kind of freelance rates of, of camera. Okay. Thanks yeah. so much. That's all right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank uh, you very much for your time. No, we we won't end. I know Neil. Do you not have a a fun one here to end off? I do. Yes. Oh, no. Um, no, it's fine. Um, obviously, we talked about films at the beginning or TV series, but you've mentioned that you've got a big love of music and it's really important to your life and what you do. So, apart from obviously my girl. What music <laughs> video would you wish you could produce, or what mm. song could you produce a music video for out of any song ever? Oh god, that's a really like. I'm sitting here thinking the same. I can't even answer that either. That's oh a tough god. one. Yeah, that is that is so oh, that is so okay. so tough. Well, while you guys are thinking of it, I think mine would be Johnny Be Good. <laughs> oh, a, it is a classic song, and B, Michael J. Fox with it as well so and back to the future you can't go wrong with that at all. <laughs> i had a really good rendition of the ghostbusters theme tune the other night that would be pretty cool to make a music video too <laughs> yeah. um but no I, I, I yeah i mean i'm i'm i love most like so many many different artists um but it'd be amazing to make something like for a massive big artist back in the day like well can you imagine like one of the queen well, they had amazing music videos, so let's be honest. <laughs> but that, that'd be cool. Yeah. The Queen tracks. Um, but yeah. Um, then, then maybe I could be like one of these really quirky directors that have done something. Who did the one where the guys are drumming, like, and they did it sort of stop frame, and they're drumming. Oh, I can't remember his name. Jack, yeah, like where, what, what, what year are we in? Is it recent? It's White Stripes, wasn't White it? White Stripes, yeah. Jack, like, Jack White and those, yeah. Yeah, who directed that? I can't remember, like... Oh, it does. Tell us. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> that was a really cool video. That, yeah. 
<laughs> I like that. All right. Uh, yeah. Helen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, of course, just to, to finish off properly here, where can people reach out to you and get in contact if they want to work with you or simply just yeah. inquire with you? Um, so I have a website, which is orchid-digital.com. So that's orchid as in the flower. Don't get me mixed up with anything else. <laughs> um, so that's my website. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Helen Pritchard. There's a few of us out there. But I'm, I have a, <laughs> you can see my face is sort of like in, in black and white, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm on there as a, a video producer. Um, and I, do you put your de my details up or I don't know. There's, we'll link every, everything, but it's just what your preferred one is. And just again, that's yeah, it. You can email me. I don't mind a phone call out of the blue. I quite often have those. They're, they're <laughs> quite interesting to take. Um, or you can WhatsApp me. A lot of my clients now, send me the WhatsApp or Instagram. I'm on Instagram as well. So um, send me an Instagram message. I'm, I'm everywhere. Yeah. You're everywhere. We can find no, you I, everywhere. I try to be everywhere, Martin. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. No, this has absolutely been a delight. Uh, you and I could talk for hours on end. I'm not saying that Nia could, but I could go really technical and don't be afraid if I all of a sudden do ping you with some advice or questions. Uh, that could probably be, uh, yeah, that's highly likely. I can let you know. Uh, absolutely delight. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, right. thanks for coming on the show. All thanks. right. Bye now. Something. Too late. So it's not too late. I'm recording again. So just <laughs> doing a post-show talk right now. And uh, for whoever's listening, I feel like this is too valuable to actually not record and I'll figure out how to edit it in or I'll ask for the help of Helen. Uh, but Helen, can you please just reiterate why you just said that? So basically, when you, you you just alluded to the fact of when you actually started this out and going into to creating Orchard Digital, what was yeah. the real reasoning behind that? Yeah, well, I mean, as I was explaining to you guys, like, so the, the kind of catalyst, it's always been in it for me to start my own business, but the catalyst reason why I started it was because back in 2012, I actually got quite ill. I actually ended up with a, a lung collapse in hospital and I was <laughs> when I come out of it, I thought, um, actually at the time I wasn't having such a good time at work and my, and my boss turned around to me and she says, is this really what you want to be doing? And I, that night I went home and I wrote on the back of a napkin to my husband. I said, this is what I'm going to do. This is my business plan. I just did it in a few little simple words. Do you know what? The next day I went into work. I, I, I gave my notice in and I said, you're going to hire me back as my own business for a few months. Um, nice. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And um, the reason why, yeah, why anyone should do this. Oh, hang on. You might have to hang on. Hang on. <laughs> so why is so recording again? So yeah. So what I was saying was the reason why anyone should ever start their own business is do it for you. You know, do it for you. Don't worry about the things like not being able to pay for this, pay for that. You know, like take that all out of your mind. Go for what you want and how you want to live your life. Because if you think about it, we've got one life. Live it every single day to the best of your ability. Because believe me, you're like, I was so ill back then. And I had this kind of, wow, what am I doing? I'm just working for someone else. I'm doing a job that's kind of, you know, it's okay, but it's not like what my passion is. So I really just followed my passion and my belief that I could do it. And my, my mum, bless her, she was like, right from the beginning, she was like, Helen, you can do this. You've got so much skill and knowledge. You should just go out there and start with getting to know people. And that's exactly what I did. And uh, seven years later, so 2019, now we're just, I'm just, I'm still in business. So it's still obviously working.
yeah. obviously like and it, that's such a great message that's why for anybody listening like this i wanted to record this afterwards like that's the inspiration piece like all the the how to's and what advice you can give anybody like that's that's the tangibles yeah. right those are the, the stepping stones that you need to do but the core of it is like do whatever makes you whatever fulfills you don't don't sit and waste away in a job that you do not like that yeah. can make you physically ill uh, and if that's making videos, if that's becoming the best knitter you could ever be, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, like uh, strive for it. And that's the same thing with this podcast. Like that's the yeah. brainchild of that as well. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I, and I think actually one of the reasons we started with with this podcast was that what we saw was there were people right at the top of their game, and then a lot of people wouldn't even start following their passions because they thought they could never compete with these people yeah it's massive world out there and you don't have to be right at the top of it you can be anywhere in between and there's still a massive place for you to have a business yeah absolutely and you know what i i'm proof that i can succeed really well in, in providing content for lots and lots of small to medium-sized businesses because there's a great need and uh, but that's what i love doing is actually helping business owners like really see the transformation but i still obviously help the bigger companies uh, and i still go and do my tv stuff occasionally in my celeb world and all the rest of it but yeah when it comes down to it i'm satisfied with the fact that i work mainly on the whole now as in the in the small to medium-sized market and that to me is great because i can give all my creativity and all my ideas and really start making a difference to to businesses in the way that they i can help transform them awesome i'm afraid to stop recording in the case that you you have other nuggets <laughs> that you, you're gonna give us <laughs> thank you so much for uh, i think that this year would be like the clip before it that could be the way i, I sort that out right to yeah just edit the two bits together and you know do your thing yeah. <laughs> figure it out definitely yeah. uh, helen yeah, good news. I'm just going to say the entertaining thing is uh, for our 10th episode, we're going to do a um, top 10 celebrities list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you know any of the ones we put on there, okay. released. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah. I was trying to write the list the other day of how many people I've actually ever met, like celebrity wise. And I think I got to about four, 400 in my mind. And I was like, whoa, I've just. just wow. <laughs> But no, I mean, I think I think it doesn't matter whether I mean celebrities or someone that's just, as I say, just from a small business around the. Everyone is important, and everyone should. Everyone gets the same same sort of treatment. So of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just people. They're just people at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Awesome, Helen. Thank you so much. A second time, it's been a good night. <laughs> uh, this time, I'm going to stop the recording, and then yeah, don't no more nuggets now. Okay, okay. I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> All right.